Fine, just What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Surf and Sales podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Lease, here with my good friend and co-host, whose voice is a little bit hoarse today, but he's going to do his best, Richard Harris. And we are brought to you today. This might be the last uh, couple episodes of, uh, of February, Richard. I think we're coming up to, to the end here. Oh, that's right. You're right. Yeah, right. We're, we're brought to you uh, today by our good friends at Salesforce Revenue Cloud at gong.io, as well as lead411.com. Check them out. This show couldn't happen without them and their support. And uh, we have an interesting guest today, Richard. We and, do. Uh, Why don't you introduce him? Because I know this was a fun conversation. I'm going to. I just realized that he went to Simon Fraser University. So I have a, a funny story about when I played soccer against Simon Fraser University. Maybe I'll tell him offline. But uh, we're here with our friend and uh, co-founder and executive director of Sales for the Culture. He's also a public speaking coach and uh, account executive in his downtime at uh, a company called Clue. And we're here with Jacob Geberwold. Yeah, you I are right. You're, we were I doing a bit of a right. tennis match before right. we went live here, folks, on how to pronounce my last name. So Scott's like eight mile moment here was getting that right, man. Great job. <laughs> I'm, off to, I'm off to a good start. It's all about the intro. All right. all about the intro. We still got we still got an hour to go. Don't yeah, worry. I'm just not going to say his last name ever again. Yeah, exactly. You only have to say it once. Right. So you're set. You're set ready to go. That's right. That's I like gotta, somebody says yes to the deal. You don't keep asking them if they want the deal. You just exactly. take the yes don't talk it. past the close. Don't talk past the close. Scott, that, we could we could have named that our, our sales podcast. Don't talk past the close. That would have been yeah, a good one. Good. There's still there's still time for somebody to steal that one. Yeah, exactly. When you, go, when, you go, when you go solo and you get too big for me, you can you can use that one. Yeah, when I go big time, right? When I go yeah, big time. Right. So. Jacob, man, tell everybody, uh, you know, in particular, I think you're most excited about and we're most excited about uh, sales for the culture. Maybe tell everybody what that's all about, what you're working on, and then, you know, maybe give a little bit of information about, about what you do at Clue so people have context for, you know, your type of sale and where you're coming from and that stuff. Yeah, so um, I guess the the quick one to get out of the way, I don't know how much we'll be talking about Clue. Uh, I'm an account executive there uh, for businesses that don't like losing to their competitors and are trying to figure out how to make sure their reps lose fewer deals to their foes. Um, we basically provide tech that helps them make that happen. So um, I'm in the mid-market space, but I mean, we started out in enterprise and um, you know, for, for me, I deal with companies, 200 to 500 employees. Um, so that's that's that. Uh, moving on to the, the rest of the conversation. Um, yeah, Sales for the Culture is a community of Black tech sellers for Black tech sellers. And the reason that came about uh, is there's a, a really earnest need to attract Black people to the tech sales profession, but not just make sure that more Black folk are attracted to the profession, but that we feel empowered within the profession, that we see ourselves at the highest levels of leadership and seniority and success. Uh, but not just there, um, we also want to make sure we're equipped to be successful in the game, right? No one wants to be a token hire. <laughs> uh, we, we want to make sure that we are excelling in our craft and we need spaces that are equipping us to do that. Um, and then ultimately make sure that we, we feel included and that we belong here. So uh, Sales for the Culture was created to make sure that all that happens so that anyone from you know, the VP at the multi-billion dollar company to the rep that just started last week uh, doesn't have to grind alone in this game yeah. anymore. Now, is this is this uh, organization? Are you are you global? You got? Do you have members from everywhere? Is this North America only? 
Yeah, I'm Vancouver, Canada, so I really hope we allow members in from outside of the U.S. Um, I said North America. I didn't say U.S. I said touche, North touche. Yeah, um, yeah. We got tons of people in the U.K. Um, we got people in South Africa. So yeah, global. Um, but as I'm sure you can imagine, um, since we're most fortunately folks- Canada Canadians are, are much nicer than Americans because they actually would invite other people as Americans would be like, no, 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 we're not ready to expand to Canada yet. Right. Like that's right. Oh man. It was so, so funny. Someone hopped in. They're like, yeah. Are, are you, am I allowed to be here? I'm not from the United States. I'm like, I really, really hope you're allowed to be here, man. <laughs> that's that. So let's talk about that for a second. Do you, cause it's, 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 it's humorous, but it's also like, wait a minute, this is about, you know, the community of, you know, of black people, right? And even then, I'm assuming this person's black, um, it, you know, still felt squeamish about coming in, right? Like, do you think- do Let me you hop think- in on that, because um, it's, it's interesting. I, I get this all the time in Canada, right? Because a lot right. of people wonder like, you know, do you, do you like experience like racism, racism, like in Canada? And, uh, you know, I could, I could talk to, you know, experiencing like in my middle school years, um, you know, teachers treating me as if I was a problem, like waiting to pop, trying to get me sent to a correctional school where kids go when they come out of juvie. I could talk about, you know, getting called a nigger for the first time at 50. I could talk about all sorts of things, but what I think is probably the most interesting about being black and as it relates to the American experience is people like to treat conversations about race as if they tuck into really neat borders that we draw on a map. Like what happens when someone gets shot in the United States, you know, exists in that like really specific silo and doesn't impact people outside of that state or outside of that country. But um, for better or for worse, a lot of the way that the world thinks about how they relate to blackness and people who are black has to do with how people relate to black people in the United States. So um, you know, being that, that whole conversation is impactful and, and people got skin in the game in that conversation, even if a lot of the geography for it plays out in, in the U S borders, like we all got skin in that game everywhere. Um, especially if we're going to be in tech sales where, you know, a lot of the tech ecosystem exists in, in y'all's country. So yeah, that's my two cents on that. Yeah. Talk about, um, you know, in, in addition to, um, sales for the culture and, you know, I know you created this awesome list of people, you know, you should know if you really are going to be, you know, talk about diversity and inclusion. And if you are going to try and be inclusive, um, my first thought is where's the genesis of this list? Where did it come from? Um, so people can understand it. And then two, I, I have some other questions around that list um, that I'd love to, to ask you directly. Yeah, for sure. So, so start of the list um, kind of starts, you know, in my, my story Black, young guy, Vancouver, kid of two Ethiopian refugees. I did not grow up with parents with golf and country club connections or, you know, folks that could get me the interview at a tech company. Both my brother and I ended up in tech sales, but that's, you know, a whole other story. I've wondered, and I wondered a lot, like, who are the Black people who have gone before me in this game that have crushed it at a, at a completely different level that I can seek out and learn from and be mentored by? And so I went to find resources. Um, and people would maybe refer a name or two, but it was like Kevin Dorsey, uh, Morgan Ingram, uh, Nikki, there was like the same 10 to maybe 15 names. And if I go, okay, not those 10 to 15 people, other people, like who are black tech sales success stories that you know that I can learn from. And there wasn't really like resources 
Um, there, a lot of people just kind of ummed and odd. And I was like, I, I feel like this is something that's needed. And then Max L. Schuler, he, he put together that list of, of female sales leaders, um, the sales stacker. And I just reached out to him in DM and I said, Hey, it'd be great if sales hacker put together something like this, uh, for black people. And he said, do you, do you want to, you want to run point on that? And he, and he kind of, you know, pushed and, and I was like, yeah, I, I, I don't know a reason why I couldn't, but honestly, I just didn't know if the tech game would take a, uh, you know, an AE seriously, if you tried to contribute in this conversation. Uh, but I, I, I went to work, I, I put together a list name was about a hundred names at that point. And I started taking it around to people. Funnily enough, I, talking to both of you, um, I remember, uh, you know, there's a couple guys who, who add some referrals and connected me to some people. And I'm thankful for that conversation. But what was really interesting is as I was building this list and I took it to black tech sales leaders and success stories, I got this weird reaction. It was different. Like you two were like, oh man, this got to get out immediately. Like, you know, you, you, you want to put this out there. Like, this is, this is really, really great. And all the black tech sales leaders were like, yeah, it's all right. I'm like, why, why do you, why do you think, that is, did they tell you, did they tell you why they- Oh yeah, they did. I'm like, first off, I'm like, it's a high. Like dog, I put in a lot of work on this thing. <laughs> like, what do you mean it's a high? They're like, yeah, I mean, it's cool and all, but you know, the real challenges that we're having aren't gonna get solved by a list. Like, yeah, it's gonna pop for like a week or two, maybe a month, then what, right? Um, and, I, and I think what, what happened, I had about 61 conversations in, you, know, a, you spoke to every single person on this list. I shot DMs to per every person on that list. I talked to a lot of people on that list. I didn't talk to everybody just yet, but uh, but I had about sixty one conversations. You know, trying to figure out like what like what could I be what could we be doing to make this thing pop more? Who could we add? What 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 needs to happen to make this be as helpful as possible? And and what ended up coming out was those things I mentioned to you earlier, like the core challenges. We had like three town halls on this as the black community be talking about like what do we need to see change. And it's those four things I mentioned at the top of what sales for the culture was ended up being created to, to deal with. Like one, repeat them one more time. Repeat them again. Just yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Oh, we're okay. unpacking a lot of stuff today, so I want to make sure <laughs> the good stuff sticks, oh, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, but but I'll I'll start with you know the first one was attracting black people to the tech sales profession. So Kevin Dorsey, um, you know, he was in one of our town halls. He started popping off and he was like, "Look, I am a black." VP of sales, I've been ready to hire SDRs, entry-level position, no experience required. I put out a nationwide call for black folk to come on in the game. And you know, I have about like, you know, around 10% applicants, you know, maybe a little bit over that, that were black. Like, and it's me, I'm vocal. I'm out here talking about inclusion and whatnot. Like, even I'm not gonna, at a certain point we need to attract more of us into the game because at a broad level, like our industry has not done strategic recruiting efforts, targeting a community that just thinks of themselves as like not necessarily, like they don't see themselves in this profession. And one quick point I'll make to that is like, when y'all think about tech jobs, what comes to mind for you? Like working in tech, what comes to mind? The first thing I think of, if I'm being honest, is an engineer. Exactly, exactly. And what do you need to do to be an engineer? You gotta go to school. In my, in my, in my head, at least I'm thinking, I don't know, you gotta go to school, you gotta be a computer science, I don't know. Yeah, totally. And probably really great at it, <laughs> right? And, 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 and so when you talk to, you know, like both my brother and I work in tech, um, the community that we grew up in, like they don't necessarily, like our parents, like I said, Ethiopian refugees, like you do, we talk to other kids in the community, we talk to them about, you know, tech job. They're thinking like, 
yo, I don't know how to code. I'm not, I'm not like an engineer. I can't do this. And so they immediately just box themselves out of the conversation because they don't know the opportunities available to them. Like, no, if you can, if you can hustle, if you can, if you can grind, you can have conversations and help people solve a problem. Like, yo, you can get in on this industry, but they don't know that. And so because our industry has not done a good job and particularly our role within our industry has not done a good job of marketing towards black people the just the, the awareness isn't there and they're not there's not that attraction level so that's like the first piece like we need to start telling stories of black people who have been able to build some great success for themselves their families and their communities through the tech sales profession um and and target that towards black people who aren't yet in the game not just in the linkedin bubble but like getting that out to people who don't already know that tech is an option for them so that's so like the to, first so, how, so how, are you, how are you motivating those black tech leaders to to go do that if they were kind of initially like yeah you know it's all right how, so, how, are, you, how are you kind of giving how are you giving them a shove and saying no listen we need you we need you to tell your story we need you to help tell the story of other people how do you how do you how are you trying to get them going yeah it's, it's a great question so um i want to clarify it's not like anyone who saw the list was like this is a bad thing there was just like a, this is an insufficient thing. Like I know the challenges that are going on here. And this thing is like, it's, it's a nice hat tip, but there's more that needs to be done. So uh, what I think is amazing. And <laughs> this was also an interesting part of the conversation. A lot of white sales leaders that I talked to about the list initially, um, you know, we got this list out to all the black tech sales leaders that were, you know, at least that have prominent voices and things like that. And everyone was on board and working together to try and make stuff happen. And the white tech sales leaders I talked to, we're like, yo, Jacob, like, you got to get this list out yesterday. Like, everyone's unanimous opinion. They're like, if you don't get this list out right now, someone could come along and, and, and drop this too. I'm like, like, I don't know if you get this yet, but like, the whole community is on the same page about this problem and that we want to see it solved. We just need the, 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 the infrastructure to do that. But we're, we all know we're working on it together. So to your question, Scott, like, you know, what do you, how do you inspire or motivate? Like, no, these people are already amped and ready to go. They just need a forum to do that. So we created um, obviously sales for the culture as a means for them to pass wisdom downstream, but also we created the made it podcast, um, which is, you know, just a, a way for us to tell the stories of the legends that made it to inspire the next generation of black tech sellers, taking snippets of those episodes and those interviews of people who have come from different backgrounds but they're black and they're in tech sales and they've made something great happen for themselves. Talking about what they've been able to make happen and taking snippets of those conversations and running them on social ads um, to black people who don't know about the game yet. Long story short, like we're, amped, we're, excited, we're, we're trying to make something happen together. We've got now a community where they can pass that wisdom downstream and we're trying to create different platforms for them to be able to tell those stories and, and push them out at scale. So that's, I guess, making yeah. are you? How are you, which is great. How are you approaching approaching you know and can you approach the the education system right whether it's even at the kid level or the high school level i'm sorry grammar school high school you know again i'm thinking collegiate level but again not everybody has access to college right yeah so how do you you know do you go after the historically back university hbus do you go after um do you go after the colleges that actually have a sales program, which there are some that do, to let them know that you're building this. Like, 
how are you trying to even get the message outside our social network? Like we're all really good socially, right? Like in our social networks of whatever we talk about, we're really good. How do you break it out? And, and even further, how can we help you break it out? Yeah. And so we've actually done just that on the, you know, HBCU front. We've got a couple of uh, partnerships that we've already, uh, you know, initiated now um, and more that we're, we're working towards. So collaborating with HBCUs is, you know, a huge piece of that puzzle. Um, you know, getting into, you know, the public school system and starting to have some of those conversations um, is on the radar. But keep in mind, right, that like, we are early days on sales for the culture. So right. we're trying to, you know, pick the handful of things that we're starting on to do them well. Um, but the, you know, dream state, like, what does that look like? It's that every black kid in the world knows that they have as one of the things that they could do to be successful, right? They don't just have to, you know, shoot a basketball, rap, or, you know, do some unsavory things to make a living, right? And they don't just have to like be a lawyer or a doctor if they wanted to do things successfully in the maybe a white collar sense. The tech sales the beauty, is a lane, The beauty too is right? like- and, and, and doing that by, by getting into school systems, getting into media and doing those sorts of things um, to get the word out. That's dream state right now, yeah. starting with a podcast and partnering with some HBCUs. Yeah, and, and I mean, a huge piece of it too is, you know, sales doesn't need you to have an education. Like you don't have to go to college to be good in sales. Right? Um, so it's, and it's not to say that I wouldn't want anybody to not go to college if they want to go to college and can afford it, but you can create an amazing lifestyle in sales financially, you know, without a college degree and you get to control it. It's, you know, it's all based upon your effort and your willingness to go for it. And I think that's a piece of the message I hope that can get out. Not that we don't want to go to the HBCUs, but like, you know, I think there's a whole other group of people who we want to try and support. Yeah. And to your point, uh, neither my brother or I have a university degree. Not many people would know that. I got a full ride scholarship to go to business school. But, um, you know, this is maybe more of a personal note, but my, uh, my mom's mental health wasn't great growing up. I wanted to, you know, contribute and kind of get out and, and free up her bandwidth wise earlier on. So I, I stepped aside from a full ride scholarship to business school. People were like, he's going to be homeless. And then I got into sales. I, I did relatively okay financially. People were like, he's not homeless. And, you know, be able to contribute in those ways. Right. Like, and I'm, I'm a relatively heady cat. Like I got invited to teach at the university that I dropped out of. Um, but like, as far as being able to do the things that were most practical that I saw, um, valuing for, for myself, my family, my community, like I, I don't necessarily think everyone needs to get the college degree or if that's the only way to learn and become a sharp you know, individual in the 21st century with all the resources that we have to learn. Um, to your point, like I'm, I'm really grateful that I can be one of those people that can open doors for people, whether or not they've had those sorts of college degrees. Um, my brother, at least in our community, are a couple of testaments of people that have been able to do some stuff even without that. What is, a, what is the level of uh, imposter syndrome that, that you have being young, early in your career? You mentioned before saying, do people really want to hear from an AE who's like trying to do this? Like, how, how, is that, does that feel like a, a tremendous sense of responsi responsibility for you? Um, with where you're at in, in your career? Does it drive you in your career to, you know, do bigger, better things to potentially raise 
your, your like the impact that you can can make? How do you do you think about that at all? <laughs> uh, my wife would tell you I don't stop thinking about that. Um, yeah, I mean, first things first, like you and I, Scott, um, have had some conversations around, you know, wanting to wanted to balance out not saying too much for my stage of, you know, career or achievement or whatever, you know, you've got this big uh, mindset around, you know, achieve excellence. Like that's the foundation before you start opening your mouth. Um, and I've really wrestled with that a lot to the extent that I think everyone in sales for the culture would tell you this. <laughs> uh, I started building a list and then I'm like, okay, like there's, there's a need for building, you know, a community that can do, you know, some of these more pieces, not just attract people into the game, but also equip them so that they can help, you know, be more successful. And then not just equip them, but, you know, help them feel empowered and see themselves at the highest echelons of success. And then also work for their inclusion in their workplaces. So they feel like they belong there. Don't, they don't need to dip this, this idea of sales for the culture started to come about in collaboration with a couple of other people, right? We saw like Shelton uh, Banks of Rework Training, right? They're an organization, a nonprofit that does, I swear I'm gonna answer your question, Scott. Um, they do really great work to help take people who don't have that tech sales experience, get them skilled up and get them placed at the company at no charge to the candidate and at no charge to the company. So we started working with them to try and like fill some of this, you know, pipeline issue problem. And then Morgan had, had started this sales brother and sisterhood Slack community as just kind of an organic place for conversations to spark. And, and that, you know, he, those other two guys being two of the other co-founders here, there's a lot of these pieces coming into play. And my original POV was, okay, let me, I see a need here. I see some challenges. Let me just try and choreograph some pieces and get some people together and then get out of the way. So someone more qualified can step in. And then everyone else is like, nah, Jacob, you're like, you're the guy. I'm like, no, okay, no, 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 no. Y'all don't get it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not a DEI expert. I'm not a veteran sales leader. I'm not a leadership guru. I'm just a guy here who wants to like help, you know, get some, some so stuff. Jake, I'm going to call time out on you, Jacob. You yeah. are all of those things. You are every one of those things at this level of your life and your career. You can talk about diversity and inclusion based on what you've experienced so far, right? You can talk about what it feels like and bring a humanity to what it means to be a black person, you know, that's one of the only, as Katie always says, mm -hmm. right? And so, you know, my hope is, you know, you know, give yourself a ton more credit um, because I think you have it and you have the voice. Now, does that mean you can go to lead the appropriate HR program? Well, no, not yet. Like you're, that's not where you are, right? But doesn't mean you can't at some point, right? But, you know, just, I just want to keep encouraging you that you are all these things because you've taken the, a step forward that a lot of others just for whatever reason haven't. I don't know that, I don't think that they're scared. There's just, you know, they just haven't done it. So give yourself way more credit I, it would be my advice. I, I appreciate that. And I think there are things that I can do and contribute help to the conversation. Obviously like I've, I've taken this role of executive directing and being, being point guide sales for the culture. But I think the, the more, prominent note here is that like there are so many other people involved in helping lead this thing like there's no one man band like as a part of this community which I think is the reason that everyone was able to and willing to rally um, we've got some awesome community directors uh Duan Brown uh shepherding the sales leader community uh who's just a legend Nathan Crafts shepherding the account executive community uh, Ernest Awusu uh the sales development community Philip Moore um yeah but but aside from that someone still has to 
take control, not, not by putting others down, but your ability to take control and lead from the front allows others to take a different lead from the front approach where they can focus on this part of, you know, you said there's, there's all these things. So, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, absolutely. You didn't get there by yourself, right? None of us got to where we are by ourselves, you know, no matter where you're from or, or how you were raised, like somebody helped. But in this instance, like, you know, it's okay to, it's, it's okay to just say thank you when people come <laughs> there. But Scott's okay. question was, do you yeah. ever worry about having to carry a certain weight for a community or whatever um, because of being earlier on in career and all this sort of stuff? I try to be cognizant to not speak about things that I, or claim that I know things that I don't. I try to be a concierge of pointing people to resources and perspectives and opinions uh, that have been that demonstrable, like, yeah, they, they, they've got the ammo to back. That's, that's my problem. I think I'm an expert all the time, right? <laughs> like, I can't stop. Uh, but, but if we, like, we, there, there are few people, in my opinion, who are an expert on everything. So one's ability to know where to go or know what questions to ask, or what resources to, to look to, um, I think is a thing that everyone needs, regardless of whether or not they're an expert in something like and I'm fortunate that I know a lot of really great experts in this space who are, who are coming together, wanting to see change happen. Uh, and that's kind of the thing, Scott, I, I keep on the forefront. Yeah. Well, that, that's a smart thing to do. And that's what really good leaders do. You, you're, you're bringing other people in to handle areas that, you know, you don't have experience in yet or you're not prepared to talk about yet you're not in a position to, you're in a position to bring people in. You're not necessarily in a position to then guide them and mentor them on how to be a founder or how to be a VP of marketing or how to be a VP of sales. So you put people that you've brought into the community who have done those things before in positions of power and strength so that they can serve that particular function, right? Um, and that that's what I mean by, that's what I meant by, by, by some of that, but I had heard you say, well, I'm just a, you know, an AE. It's like, well, not really, not anymore. You're not really just an AE anymore. Whether you like it or not, you've, you've skipped, you know, multiple steps and put yourself in this founder, executive director, community leader kind of position. And you've taken steps that other people have not for whatever reason, maybe it's generational, Maybe some people who have quote unquote made it more feel like they have more at risk to, and more to lose, or they don't have bandwidth to take up, you know, this particular type of cause because they need to focus on their current role and their income and their family and all these kind of things. And so, you know, the right person comes along at the right time, picks up the, you know, movement, if you will, gathers the right people around them. And maybe that's where we are. And maybe that's where you are. And for what it's worth, like you mentioned, you know, juggling it also being an AE, like I'm not doing a service to anybody if I'm not also crushing my role. So coming in, like I've, I've tried to set a standard, you know, I'm, I'm six months in a clue of being the top AE out of my grad class in my segment, you know, and, you know, lots left to do because I, I work with some pretty A-level hitters, um, but ramping faster than, than anyone had anticipated and been able to bring some, some fun stuff home. So like doing those things, I think that my main jobs are one, crush my role as an AE, two, um, you know, in terms of this community, put people in a position where 
those with wisdom, voice, et cetera, um, can, can shine, bloom and do their thing. Uh, if I'm doing those two things, it's a good day. So, so what does success look like with sales for the culture? Like what, what will have to happen for you for the first time to be like, Oh shit. Like we, we've like made serious progress. And then, and what, what are like some of the milestones that you've, um, you've put in place? Like, what are the goals? What does it, what does it look like to have succeeded? You just yeah, said you're so, number one at Clue, right? You, it's very easy for you to be like, I want to be number one at Clue from my cohort, blah, blah, blah. Well, what the fuck does success look like Yeah. with sales for the culture? How, how are you defining that? And what are some of those milestones? Yeah, so, so one of them is people that are meaningfully getting value out of being part of the community, right? I don't, it's not just like a numbers thing. We had like 400 people in the community a couple of weeks ago. We've got about 650 now. It's not just numbers increasing as the goal. It's people that are actually engaged. Um, we've got great community mobilizers who are checking in with, you know, each individual in the community to be like, hey, how are you? What do you need help with? Um, you know, are you coming to the next thing? Really making sure that people are getting value out of the community at large. Um, and running programming that's engaging based off of those needs that are showing up. So um, what does it look like? What does success look like primarily? Like the main stakeholder group we've got a responsibility to is black tech sales professionals, making sure that they are in this group getting value out of, uh, you know, being a part of it. So like 3000 by the end of the year was kind of that original line. If we have 3000 black tech sales professionals in this group who are getting value out of it, that's a W. Um, I, we, we might blow right through that, <laughs> um, but the people getting value is more important than the number of people in the group, if that makes sense. Um, but it's a both and thing. So that's the first part. Um, and as a, can I mention this as like a, can I embed this in the second piece here? Um, because I want, I think it's important to note that like, why, why do they need to be part of sales for the culture? If they're just like getting into the tech sales profession, if they're, you know, getting value out of, you know, being in, if they have other people that they're collaborating with, is that, is that good enough? Like, yeah, absolutely. Like <laughs> we hope that people have all sorts of black tech sales supports, mentors, people beside them, people behind them, they can mentor whether or not they're in sales for the culture. But this is something that we can tangibly look at and see like, yeah, this is, this is a way that we know that it's happening rather than just assuming and hoping that it's happening off. On Jacob, Jacob, hold on one second. Cause you, you, you get off on these great rants and then we can't sort of pause and dig in a little bit. So um, you say value, getting value. And this is a big piece because of all the communities that have sprung up. Um, How do you guys define value in your community? What does that mean? So activity in the community is, in our opinion, the best proxy we found. There's a number of different ways that someone could think about it. But like- What kind of activity though? That's still a vague buzzword. Yeah, 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 I'm getting there, I'm getting there. But I'm saying like, this is, this is showing up to events. This is interacting in the channels. This is communicating with the community mobilizer qualitatively. Like I am, I am getting the help that I need through things that I'm, I'm, I'm receiving this community. If it's something that's like just measured in like Slack will measure how many weekly active members that you have. You don't know if that's actually doing anything meaningful for someone. Then they're no, showing you, up. Also don't, you also don't know if activity is doing anything meaningful. Just because 400 people come to an event doesn't mean they go do something and get some sort of outcome after the event. So activity totally. doesn't mean outcomes. Yeah. So yeah. My, and, 
just to just to challenge you and push on this, it's like, how are we defining and quantifying the value? And the value then goes to activity. The activity has then got to go towards what? To me, it would go towards outcome. And then what are those outcomes yeah. that would actually equate a win? Yeah. So this is where I think the community mobilizer model is important, at least for us, right? I can't speak for everybody. I can just speak for us. Right. I draw on this from my experience in like, you know, church ministry stuff. Right. So I went to go help plant a church in my hometown years ago. Um, and small group ministry was really important to us because there was someone there who was incarnated like with you, not just like a far and away pie in the sky person, um, you know, leading, but like there was someone with you asking, like, how are you doing as a person? What challenges are you facing in, in this case, your job, in that other case, you know, you know spiritual stuff. Uh, but here it's like, what challenges are you facing? Like practically, like how was the last thing that you were at? Did you get value out of that? What was that value? Are you coming to the next thing? Is that something that seems valuable to you? And then is there other roles that you wanted to play in this community or other ways you want to get involved that I can kind of point you to those sorts of qualitative conversations, in my opinion, are a more substantial metric than just like, did they show up on Slack? Did they show up to the event? Because you're getting that qualitative piece that also reinforces that the quantitative stuff of them showing up is actually doing something. Because if that doesn't happen over time, I think the activity stuff's going to drop anyways. <laughs> me, I have, have a question. So Scott, you know, you built one of the, the big communities in the last year, Thursday night sales. What's your value for people to come to that community? Well, again, for me, the, the value the value has to become what the outcome is. And so the outcome that I was looking for was, can Amy and I help people find jobs? Yes, we've done that dozens and dozens of times. Um, can we entertain people, right? Are people having fun, laughing, communicating, sharing stories on their own, that this is a good place to be, making fun of us, making fun of each other, a lighthearted thing in the middle of hell that we've all been going through. Are we able to give practical advice that people then go put into practice the very next day? And then will they circle back to us and say, I did exactly what Scott said. I did exactly what Amy said. And guess what? I got the meeting or I closed the deal or I got the promotion or whatever. Those are outcomes to me that are easy to quantify. Yeah, but when you when you first started, and I'm you know we'll turn it back over to Jacob in a second. But when you first started, was that your goal, or was your goal like, no? Right now, people, you know, when you first started, because it evolved, right? Your goal evolved. So the, the, when it first started, the goal was let's provide a bit of respite to people from the chaos going on. It was just like let's have a fun kind of get together thing. Right. So that goal is still there, but it has the goal has evolved into these other real tangible things that I think are measurable and quantifiable beyond, you know, activity or members in the community or whatever. And I'm not picking on 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 Jacob whatsoever. I think what I'm trying to drive towards and maybe they haven't done this yet, but like when we talk about value and you talk about activity and all that, like, I want to know, like, are we trying to have 30% of every sales team be black or 50%? Are we trying to get to a place where if we did a quick survey 
of, you know, the top 100 VPs of sales on LinkedIn. Yeah. X number of them are black men or black women or whatever. Are, are, did we get uh, 40 people hired this month who yeah. are in our community who did not have jobs? Did our community help get them hired? Yeah. Right. Did we get, did a certain number of people get promoted from my community? Yeah. Right. Those so, are those are outcomes from the value to me. That makes sense. Um, so the idea that the tech sales profession would broadly represent um, the demographics of black people um, in, especially in the United States, for example, that the amount of black people in tech sales is roughly proportionate to the amount of black people that there are in the United States of America. <laughs> um, that those numbers would be not just in the profession, but at different levels of seniority, that roughly VPs of sales, directors, managers, reps, uh, it just, these companies look like the countries that they yeah. work in and do business in, <laughs> right? Not, not a crazy goal. <laughs> um, no, that, what's interesting to me though, is that that right now, and maybe you agree or disagree, but that right now feels like, you know, eat the frog. Like that, that's like a big, we're far away from that. Exactly. Exactly. Right? But you're asking like, what's no, broad no, value and then broiling down to more. Well, what, I, what I'm, what I'm actually saying is like, are we chunking up some of these milestones yet? Have we figured out like what's the first moment where you're gonna be like, hell yeah, like we're not representative of, of the breakdown in America yet, but like we just move the needle by a certain amount. That's all that's all that's all I'm driving to. The shorter micro goals building up towards the big, huge, large goal. That's that's the type of thing that I think of when I'm thinking about, you know, the value that's coming from the community and the impact the community is making. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, and honestly, like some of this stuff, you know, we can be, we can be drilling down even more strongly. The, the ones that are immediately coming to mind for us is those of us that are currently already in the game, um, that were obviously this, this list has just become the black tech sales census is like the most comprehensive resource so far, figuring out how many black tech sellers are there in the game, then making sure that these people are like, have a place that is, that is serving them and their needs, then realizing that like, each of the people in community have like very different goals. Like the sales leaders goals in our community have, a, has a lot more to do with being able to invest time in and pass wisdom on to people who are coming on behind them. So what a win looks like for them looks like, you know, being able to pour into, you know, you know, five sellers, for example, in this year, they've really passed off all their wisdom to. So when they're meeting with a community mobilizer, figuring out what a win for them looks like in the context of community um, looks different than challenge they're looking to solve is different than the SDR whose goal is to get promoted or to hit quota. So I think at this point, we're very much in the listening stage of figuring out like to each of our, our members, like first off, getting those members to be able to know like what, asking these people what matters to them and then advancing those interests as we're hearing them. Like we're still very much in the listening stage. Like we formally launched on Feb 1. We're recording this on Feb 25th. Um, the goals that we've got thus far are bringing people into community and then driving, like figuring out what their goals are individually, consolidating that to our broader group objectives, and then driving towards those. But to your point, Scott, like we've got a lot more refining to do of what those specific value drivers are. All the ones that you mentioned those seem are, are relevant. Uh, it's just about figuring out which ones are the most important next step. What do you wish, you know, before this community existed that, that you helped create and you look back to your early sales career, what do you wish someone could have told you? Let's say there's let's say there's a couple of 
you know, more, hopefully more than a couple, but you know, demographically we, we have more black people here listening or to what we assume are non-black, let's just leave it at that. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give them to support the community, right? Like, what do you wish your managers would have said to you, whether it's about race or not, like it doesn't have to be about race, but what, what would have, is there anything that would have made it easier? I don't know if you were uncomfortable, so I don't want to yeah. say comfortable. Like. I would say if I was speaking to younger me, I would have said, um, place a higher premium on working for a manager that will help you develop your potential and actually like get as good as you're supposed to be at your role. Because just finding a job versus finding one that'll actually um, not just make you money, but but help you get to that next step in your career. Like I didn't necessarily have that mentorship or guidance yeah. to say like this company actually won't necessarily like advance you that next step. This manager isn't necessarily able to tease out those things from you. Um, and that lack of mentorship or guidance of that kind of career perspective on my immediate role, um, I, I maybe be farther. Um, and, and, and better at selling um, if I had that sort of career arced mentorship up front. So where did you go to that, learn it? If you didn't have it, where did you learn it? How did you learn it? Speak honestly, that. like LinkedIn was a treasure trove for me. Like, honestly, I was, I was just, I was in my role. I, I think most black sellers, right? They live in a very myopic place. Most sellers, I think in general, live in like a very like narrow visioned place where like they don't know where to go for help. So they just try and crush it where they are. And that's like, fine and good. And you should always try and just be great at what you're doing currently. That's always a good step. But like when I got to LinkedIn, I started seeing people that were giving like wisdom, whether it's on different sales methodologies, different, you know, ways of thinking about what you're doing in this stage of your career, ways to play long game versus short game. I just things that like, I, I kind of broadly was able to pick on, I wouldn't say mentors from LinkedIn. I can't really say that Richard's mentored me despite me seeing a bunch of his content. Um, but there's a kind of that. Um, then sparking those relationships. Like I'm, I'm the sort of person that will reach out and ask people for coffee. And, and, and in that context of that relationship, they'll start to pass on even more wisdom. I remember Kyle Coleman, the first conversation we had, he broke out like a full coaching doc and went for it with me. Uh, and he's been a great, uh, you know, mentor figure in my life up to this point. And so I think LinkedIn was a place where I started to meet people. And I just realized like, oh man, I don't, I wish people didn't have to be this extrovert or whatever, just to get like the basic career mentorship that they need. So creating a space for that is kind of what we're hoping to do in sales for the culture in a lot of ways. So find mentors that can help you is my most immediate feedback uh, to an early stage rep. And that, that, that wisdom applies to people old and gray, like Richard and I, and where, where we're at, it's probably the best thing we could do is find a mentor to help us get to wherever we want to go. I, I, I didn't even get my first mentor till this year. So, um, you know, aside, aside from Scott, where we sort of poke at each other, but mentor each other along the way, like that's, you know, yeah. Scott's been the closest I had to it till yeah. this year. Yeah. Classic example of this. Um, and my brother probably will kill me for saying this, but um, I'll say it anyways. I brag on my brother a lot. Um, he got to tech sales just a little bit before I did. I was selling other stuff. He um, showed up like he had not done SaaS before his, you know, the boss that hired him was like, yeah, well, you know, hungry guy, heard some good things about you. I'll take a gamble. Um, he showed up in the bag that he had to carry was a million bucks. He sold three mil that first year, sold four mil the next year, you know, just kept, kept crushing it. But my brother didn't necessarily have mentors or resources or people outside of that framework. 
who could tell him like, dude, you are putting up unreal numbers right now on 40K ACVs. Like, this is dumb. You're a legend. Let's like, you know, he's just now um, being exposed to some of those elite level opportunities. But again, that like more narrow focus, even if you're greatly talented, if you don't have people who can show you like what, what you can be doing or the best way to use your potential or manifest it, like yeah. you're, you're going to underdo it. It's like me, you know, charging 500 bucks for an hour of my time and Richard charging 500,000 for an hour of his time. Like, whoa, people do that. I didn't even know you could get paid that much. Yeah. Totally. It's Tell true. That's what's happening. <laughs> we it's true though. I, I, I can, I can understand what Jacob's talking about and, and empathize with your brother a little bit. I remember when, when I had my very first sales job and I started making six figures, I literally thought that was about as much as you could possibly make in sales. I had yep. no idea, you know, cause I, I didn't, I didn't grow up thinking about tech sales or knowing anything about the, the industry. And then at one point I remember hearing that Salesforce was like the best paying company for salespeople and hearing that people made like 500 K to a million dollars. And I was like, wait, what? That's, that's possible. What do you mean? Yep. And just like mind blowing kind of thing. And I've had those kind of conversations around equity with people. Yep. Black sales leaders, white sales leaders. And they're like, wait, I have 50,000 shares. You have a million. Yep. What are you talking about? And we have the same role. Yeah. Right. It's very, very interesting. It's, and this is where so many of these conversations, like we talk about practical things that can be done. Like, I know it might sound, you know, airy fairy or whatever, but like to consolidate the wisdom of the black tech selling community is like a massive missing link that until that gets done, so we can like start to prioritize, like what are our, how do we define our interests as the like, consolidation of what these all these individuals are wanting we start to distill this group voice i think that's the only thing i did effectively like really like going from a list to where we are with sales for the culture like all i did was take a like have a bunch of conversations distill down like what do we really want here and then um obviously we we had a bunch of other people rally around those pieces too but like i think that that's the biggest priority number one for the black tech selling community is get us all together in a room <laughs> you know so to speak proverbially um, and distill down, like, what are we needing most? What do we want? And then how do we define those interests numerically, I guess, in terms of like, what does success look like going forward? We've got some of those pieces, but we need to do a lot more drilling. Cool. Well, where can, where can, you know, is it salesfortheculture.com? Like where can people connect more with you guys? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that's the easiest place, but I, is yeah. there a community? Like, is there a Slack channel? Like where can people get in touch and learn more? Yeah. So if you are, can you guys hear my wife grinding coffee in the other room? I'm not. No. No. Okay. <laughs> um, so the salesfortheculture.com website is the place that you can go. If you are a black tech seller and you're like, wow, I really want to be part of this community. You can sign up there. Um, if you are an ally and you're like, wow, I really want to be able to, you know, support, how can I do that? Um, Brooklyn Nash made a, a you know, a little tiny URL, <laughs> uh, tinyurl.com slash sales ally. That's the doc that just keeps updating with like the, the things that we're asking of allies to do. Um, if you want to find things like the Black Tech Sales Census, there's 1300 Black sellers and sales leaders on that list. It's on salesfortheculture.com. Um, yeah, there's, there's tons of ways you can be engaged. Just follow us on LinkedIn, check out the website uh, and stay tuned. Uh, we got a lot more coming. Cool. Awesome, man. Good work, Jacob. We appreciate you, man.
Yeah, thank you to Salesforce Revenue Cloud, to Lead411 and to Gong.io for supporting us. And I know that all three of those organizations massively support um, all, all ethnicities, but we're really glad that they could be a part of this particular conversation. So Jacob, thank you so much for giving us your time and sharing all your wisdom. Thanks, guys.